Gift Biz Unwrapped, Episode 55. How do I stay in business when everyone around me is closing? Hi, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, and now it's time to light it up. Welcome to Gift Biz Unwrapped, your source for industry-specific insights and advice to develop and grow your business. And now, here's your host, Sue Monheit. Hi there, I'm Sue, and welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Whether you own a brick-and-mortar store, sell online, or are just getting started, you'll discover new insight to gain traction and to grow your business. And today we have joining us Sharon Day. Sharon is the owner and head designer at Express Yourself Gifts and Baskets and the only certified gift designer in all of Massachusetts. The winner of two National Design Awards in 2015, Sharon is in her 21st year, get that you guys, 21 years, designing corporate and personal gifts and baskets. Custom designs are her specialty and she creates everything from small client touch gifts to elaborate designs fit for a queen. I love that, Sharon. Welcome to the show. Hi, Sue. Thank you for having me. Is there anything I should add to this intro before we get started? You know, I just love what I do and it kind of found me. So I think that was pretty good. Okay. As our listeners know, we like to align the conversation around the life of a motivational candle. The light shines on you while you share all these stories and all these experiences of being in business for 21 years. Are you ready to light it up? I am ready to light it up. All right. Well, let's talk about this motivational candle of yours. What color is it and what is your quote? Well, it's actually two colors, which align with the colors of my logo, which I chose for a very specific reason 21 years ago. The first would be red because it's associated with energy, determination, passion, and love, which all describe how I feel about what I do. And then purple because it combines the stability of blue and the energy of red. And it's associated with luxury, dignity, creativity, mystery, and magic. And that is a powerful combination for me. Love it. Okay, Sharon. So what I want to do now is hear, I want to I take you back 21 years and hear the story about how you got this idea for your business way in the beginning. Well, um, I've always been creative, so that was, I guess, the start of it. But after spending 20 years as an actress and opera singer, I transitioned into marketing and public relations behind the scenes in theater companies and realized after a few years that there's not a lot of money to be made in that, and it wasn't as creative as I felt I should be. So I opened my own marketing and PR business, which didn't last long because I joined a networking group. And when I was the speaker the first time a couple of months in, I gave a gift basket as a door prize because I just always did them for family and friends and it was something I enjoyed. And I started getting referrals, not for marketing plans and media buys, but for gift baskets. So I really wasn't in the gift basket business, but I am creative, so I would make these baskets for people. And a few months in, um, beyond that, I got a lead to an order to bid on a job for a large Boston bank. So I decided, even though I'm not in this business, I'm going to bid on this because it sounds like fun. And I did just that, and I won the bid. So here I am with this thousand-piece order 
from a large bank and I'm not in business. I have no vendors. I have no location. So I turned to the fellow members in my networking group, one of whom was a gift basket designer in a different chapter. And I said, okay, this is what has to happen. You need to help me put this together because I have this opportunity to fulfill this $30,000 order and I'd like to do it and see if I can. So she helped me and I hired members of my networking group to come and do production. One of my marketing clients loaned me his double garage and family room and $5,000 to purchase product and supplies because I was not in this business, but I had won this bid. So we got the job done, long story short, in two weeks. The bank picked them up. They were very happy. And when I got that check and paid all the expenses, I used that money to turn the marketing public relations business into corporate gifts because I realized right away that this was just such a happy business to be in. It made people smile. And, you know, nobody wants to spend money to buy advertising and media buys, and they don't want to pay you until it works. And so, Gift baskets, though, on the other hand, you do them and people smile and pay you right away and everybody's happy. So that's how I ended up with this industry finding me. Would you say then that really your networking group absolutely saved you? Because how would you have ever been able to do it without them? Well, I wouldn't have even been in this industry because it had not occurred to me that I could start a business as a gift basket designer. Marketing and PR I knew, so that was a familiar ground and that's what I started in originally, but it wasn't fun and I wasn't passionate about it. I was good at it, but not passionate about it. And I'm not good at lasting with things I'm not passionate about. So this called my name and I answered the call and I've never looked back. So you had that first job and oh my gosh, gift basket owners would die for a thousand dollar piece order, much less at your first order. Yeah, I mean, I've never done a $30,000 order since in one piece and I'm not sure I'd really want to. It was a tough assignment to do a thousand thirty dollar baskets. Sure. So yeah, I feel lucky to have had the big order at the beginning. Right. You know, you just described how you got your product, got manpower, put it all together, delivered it on time. Then you probably had a chance to sit back and take a deep breath, right? <laughs> probably well, get a massage or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did my research on starting this kind of business. So I spent a lot of time, even with things like the colors I wanted in my logo, as I mentioned before. And I decided right off the top that even though there were a lot of providers out there, nobody was my competition because we're all different. My design style is different. The way I approach customers and relationships with those customers is very different. And back in that time in 1995, there really wasn't the internet to contend with. So most of what people consider competition was local. But I just felt like I didn't need to be afraid of them and they didn't need to fear me because there's plenty of room out there for everyone to work. So, you know, I felt good about the research I did when I started it and I already had clients from my networking group. So that just grew. 
And for years, this business pulled me along like I was the car and it was the horse. It, it took many years for me to feel like I was actually in control of the growth. That's a very interesting comment. I've never heard that before. Really interesting. Well, and the times were very different back then because the economy was really good. People spent just crazy money because they were making crazy money. So I never had to really spend a lot of time. Like I, I didn't place a print ad or any other kind of advertising for like the first 10 years I was in business. And that's a luxury. And I was steadily busy. I had plenty of work and was able to actually drop my marketing and PR, the very first retainer client that I ever had just a few months after I had started. So I was very lucky. The timing was just good. Plus, I'm tenacious and I never give up. (laughs) There you go. Gift Biz listeners, one thing that Sharon said that I really want to underline here is that she was talking about the fact that even though she entered into the business and she had competitors, there's room for for everybody and there's work for everyone. You know, if you're going to be professional, start your business on a solid foundation. Just because there's somebody else doing a business similar to what you're thinking of doing, don't let that stop you. There's always work for everybody. Everyone brings their personality into their business and people are going to gravitate to different areas, like you might have different industries that you'd focus on or a different type of style that's going to resonate with one person over another. So keep what Sharon said in mind. There's always room for everybody. You have to work at it, no doubt, but don't let that stop you from starting your business or really working hard to make your business a success. Would you add anything to that, Sharon? Yeah, I mean, I think self-confidence in your own ability is paramount. If you don't have that, no matter what business you're starting, you probably won't succeed because you'll talk yourself out of it. One thing I've always had is just confidence in my ability to create beautiful things, whether it's a roll in an opera or a gift basket. I just know that that, it, it comes from within me. And I'm confident of that, of my ability. So I think you have to find that confidence no matter what business you're starting or you'll have a harder time succeeding. I would agree with that too. All right, so let's take all of that confidence and walk into a story where there was a challenge for you. Maybe your confidence (laughs) dipped a little bit (laughs) or something happened that was a little bit of a struggle that you could share with all of us and how you overcame a problem. Yeah, I can actually, yeah, I've got a couple and they sort of go hand in hand um, because as I mentioned, the first six years or so that I was in business, everything was just uphill and I was just trying to keep up. And then 9-11 happened and being in Massachusetts, um, so many people were impacted during that time with loved ones that got lost on the planes and in the building. And I can remember that my business actually surged just after 9-11 and I felt really kind of guilty about that but there were just so many sympathy baskets that I got called to do. The difficulty with that emotionally was that people would tell me the stories so I became involved intimately with these people's lives and the people who knew and loved them so I can just remember taking a basket to go deliver it and walking up to the door and I'd just be a puddle of tears. It was the hardest couple of months I have had personally in this business so that was more a difficulty on the personal side of having to mesh 
being able to make money off of a tragedy, which I just felt, I still feel guilty about it, but people wanted to show their care and their love and their sympathy. And so I put everything I had into those baskets to make them as personal and comforting as I possibly could. And what led from that was that everything changed in business after 9-11. Many of my clients, they had a budget, they no longer had it at all, or their budgets were drastically reduced. So at the same time I was opening my first shop outside of my home, I was faced with some of the larger clients I had either not being able to stay with me because they weren't buying gifts and luxuries anymore, or they had drastically reduced their budgets. So I had to get really creative. And again, this is the difficult part was how do I stay in business when everyone around me is closing? And I had many good friends in this industry in this New England area, and all of them are gone now. And I'm the only one of that group that is left. And I've since made new friends in the business here and other people have opened to replace them. But I did have to get creative to keep my expenses down to try and discover a way to make gifts that were affordable because in the past people would spend just like wildly, they had no limits. But all of a sudden people would have a budget of $25. So it's a whole new way of thinking about how you satisfy clients and keep them and have them come back to you. And that was tough, very tough. I want to say two things here. You talk about feeling guilty about collecting money and running your business and having quite a bit of business during a very challenging time. But thank God you were there because you were offering comfort for so many people because people wanted to do something for those who were suffering. I, mean, I think we were all suffering in America during 9-11, but for those who had lost people, family members, friends, you were there providing a service that was helping people. And I can't help but think that when you were delivering those baskets, it just added to everything for them to see how emotionally surrounded you were with what you were doing. So I think that was wonderful. It had to be just unbelievably heart-wrenching, as you say. It was, and, and I've tried to rationalize it, and I've come to terms with it at this point. I really, for a while, I was like, I must be just awful to financially benefit from this because it just is, it's a hard thing to do, but I was providing that comfort and a service that they couldn't get otherwise. So, you know, I've made peace with it. Right. And the other thing that I want to bring up here, in no way to diminish that, because that's really a powerful thing, is that you saw that the world had changed and you didn't continue doing the same things that you had already done. You re-looked at the business and adjusted your products, as you're talking about lower-priced products, to suit the new way people were doing business. I remember during that time myself, people, businesses didn't even want to send gifts. You know, I did a lot, used to do a lot with banks. They didn't even want to send gifts because it just didn't look right. It, it didn't send the right message at that time. Right. And so what you were doing was adjusting to fit the new state of reality, if you will. Yep. You know, that was another growth point, though, for me, because I discovered how much I truly love small gifts, because there's a place for them. There's a market for them that's underserved. And probably always has been, especially in good economic times, nobody would even talk to you if you didn't want to drop a hundred bucks. So I truly found that there are 
fun to do and I love them. So I've now created even smaller gifts. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about this. Let's back it up because I'm sure many of our listeners don't know what you're talking about. Let's go back and, and let's talk about what specifically you're doing with these smaller gifts. Well, in about 2014, I noticed a need within the real estate industry, which was coming back from a really disastrous few years. And people were starting to ask for small little tokens to take out and stay front of mind with their clients. And I happened to have a very deep relationship in real estate that I had built over many years. So people would come to me and ask me about what do you have that's like three or four dollars that I could take out with my card. So I saw the need. And since I love the little gifts, I figured how could I do this and actually make money because you can't make money if you're doing one or two two dollar gifts. You know, I mean, face it, you got to make money in this industry. I came up with the idea of putting a club together, a pop by gift of the month club, or as industries outside of real estate would call it a client touch gift or a small way to stay in front of your clients on a monthly basis. So I just asked around in the real estate sphere that I'm part of, I said, would you want to join this club for free? It's not going to cost anything. And you only need to make a commitment of 10 gifts a month at $5 or under. So your maximum expenditure for marketing in a month with a pop by gift would be $50. And I got like such a great response that I've actually had to curtail adding new people to the club because not only did people sign up like crazy 75 within like the first month committing to 10 a piece but they could always up their order that was always something I wanted them to be able to do is order more and so now it has expanded out beyond real estate into other industries as well and some of them order up to 100 every single month so that's why I had to stop adding people to the club at this point, because honestly, if I wanted to make this a full-time company all on its own, I could. But I like the balance of the small gifts and the big showy, fabulous gifts fit for a queen or king. <laughs> sure. I mean, the thing that's so great about your club is, number one, by being a club, I think people are feeling committed, right? Yeah. Do yep. they have to sign for a certain duration? They have to give me a credit card that I keep on file, so I, I bill them monthly because the thing is you don't want to have a lot of extra time taken up with either labor or things like billing. So they do give me a credit card. I do it annually, so they commit to a year. I'm not hard and fast. If somebody's having a tough time, like one of my clients this past month called and said, can I just not get them this month? I'm having some challenges. And I'm like, sure, that's fine. And in the beginning, I think I gave them an opportunity to opt out for four of the 12 months, but nobody did. So I just dropped that and figured I'd handle it on a a case-by-case basis. But largely nobody on a consistent basis doesn't want them. So how many people are part of the club now? I have 125. 125 (laughs) people are part of this club. Yeah. And all right, so we'll just, and and it's going to be at least a minimum of $50 per month. We know that some of it's more. How awesome is that? Because this then is revenue that you can count on to pay your expenses. Every single month. And 
it's another income stream because I fully believe that in any business you're in, you need to have different income streams because if one of them goes, it's like don't put all your eggs in one basket. That's kind of funny because I said basket. But honestly, you know, you need to have different income streams because things change from time to time. And if you lose your only income stream, you're left holding the bag and you won't be in business. So I try to find different ways to bring income in at all levels so that I will stay in business no matter what happens around me. Absolutely. So now, do you have a waiting list for people who want to join the club? I have not actively marketed it so occasionally I will have someone call and ask if they can be a part of it and usually I say yes but it's on a onesie kind of basis I haven't had a whole influx of people wanting to be part of it because I haven't advertised it I only advertised it originally through word of mouth just from people that I knew and they told people they knew and that's how I ended up with the first 75 people in the club that was in 2014 so In two years, I've added another 50 people to it because I'm able to better handle them now that I'm in a routine of doing them because they come every single month. (laughs) Sure. Just the concept of having that stable business coming in month in and month out. And certainly 125 customers are not all going to drop out at one time. So if for some reason something happened and you started seeing a trend of people backing off, you could open the club up again and start promoting it again. That's all. Absolutely. And if I wasn't space challenged in my current location, I could just have this become bigger. But I'm in an 800 square foot shop, so it's not giant. And to have people coming in working here would be very cramped. So at some point, if I find a different situation, I can have a set of people who just do Popeye gifts for me if space is available. And then I can expand it. And who knows, maybe one day I will start it as its own company. (laughs) There you go. You never know. Keep your options open, right? That's correct. (laughs) (laughs) So Tell me real quick on the other end, so the larger baskets, what types of things do you do to promote that side of the business? Again, almost 100% of my promotion at this point is word of mouth or through MailChimp, kind of like people who sign up on my email list or my Facebook. I get a lot of business from my Facebook business page. After 21 years, I don't look too find that many new customers because I've been able to manage to retain the ones that I've had. And the word of mouth gets me all the new clients I can really handle. (laughs) That's fabulous. And you know, we always talk in marketing that the best prospects are your current customers. So and as long as you are servicing them, providing value, continually freshening it up with probably new products in the baskets or, you know, just keeping things current you can retain that business for a long, long time. Yeah, and since I do all custom work, nothing is ever the same. Like no one's ever gonna order two baskets from me three months apart or three years apart and get the same basket they got before. That's never gonna happen. So I quiz my customers and ask them questions about the recipient so that every single gift is unique. So is that how you make your customers feel valuable and important because everything they're giving is really unique, one of a kind? It, it is. And, and so often I get my customers call me and they will say stuff like, how did you know they liked that? 
And I'm like, I don't know. I just asked you questions and I kind of get a picture in my head and a feeling about it. And I go from there and sometimes I hit it out of the park and, you know, get something they didn't even know I would put in a basket that the recipient was going to love. But I try to make it very personal and, and I've built really strong relationships with my customers throughout the years. I don't really have a lot of customers that just buy a basket. You know, they don't buy them online from me. Generally, most of my customers are in the New England area and they call me or email me or text me. We have that kind of a relationship where we know each other pretty well at this point. One-on-one relationships. Yeah, absolutely. They know you and that's probably how you keep business so often because, you know, why would anybody go to anybody else? They know you, they feel good about what you're doing. Um, it would almost like be cheating on you. Right. Well, else. and I know them so well now that I even know their habits. Like um, there's one customer I have and I know she'll forget to call me when she does a trade show. So when I know the trade show's coming up, I call her and go, hey, do you want a basket for that trade show? And she's like, oh, oh my gosh, thank you so much for calling because I would have totally forgotten that. So, I mean, I know them at this point very well, and I can pick up the phone and make that kind of call, and nobody feels like I'm being pushy. I'm trying to make a sale because I'm anything but what I would call a salesperson. I'm more of an educator and a friend to help them get what they need. Mm-hmm. And that's how I approach it. I'm very low threat when it comes to the phone ringing and I'm on the other end. <laughs> Got it. Well, I'm curious. I know you're actively involved in your local chamber. What other types of groups are you involved in or how else are you finding people face-to-face? Well, I've been a member of BNI, which is Business Network International, for 21 years. That was the networking group I joined for my previous business. And I have stuck with that because I've found that it has just been the only thing that really grew my business right away, in addition to chambers and local type civic groups, that sort of stuff. I try to participate in as many things as I can so that it's belly to belly. You meet people, you see people, they see you. I always take a little gift basket. It's like a palm size mini basket that's wrapped exactly as it would be if it were a large basket you would purchase. But it's that visual reminder of what I do that's important to create. If you're not out there, you can send all the emails and all the newsletters you want to. But unless you're out there and people see you and see what you do and get to know you and get to know what you do, it's very hard to add customers nowadays, particularly because the onset of the internet has made it so convenient for people not to even think about what it is they're doing. So you really have to have that presence in front of your clients and in front of your potential clients in order to have them understand why you're different than a basket made a year ago and put on a website. Do you, when you go to some of these events, ever raffle off the basket or is it always just a demo, an example? No, I donate a lot of baskets to organizations having events that I'm attending. And sometimes I'm invited to attend because I donate a basket. So that's important. Giving back is huge to everyone, I think, needs to do that because it makes you feel good, not because you're going to get business from it, because I rarely do get direct business from a donation. But it makes me feel good, and I meet people who then become my customers. All right, Sharon, I want to move on now into the reflection section. This is a look at you and what has made you so successful all these 21 years in business. 
What is one natural trait that you use that you think you've had your whole life that you call upon that has contributed to your success? Well, there are two of them, really. I think one is, and it's kind of a curse (laughs) as well as a trait that helps me, is that whenever I'm talking to someone, I immediately get a picture in my head Like when a client is trying to tell me about the event or the person getting a basket, I can envision it immediately in my head. So I see everything in pictures, which helps me, but it's hard. It's a burden to bear to get a picture for everything people say to you. But it has helped me tremendously. And the other, I think, is that I am just an outside the box or the basket kind of girl. I am not going to be reined into using a basket necessarily to create a design because I look around me in the world and I see all these things that could be a great container, for instance. So I am not a person who feels restrained by using the typical tools of the trade, if you will. And I think that brings an unusual element to my designs and it helps me to be different and to be someone that people can call on when they need that weird basket or that weird event is coming up and they have no idea what to do for it. (laughs) Right. Well, the creativity for sure, because as you talk about each of your designs is totally unique. Right. It would be so easy just to gravitate into one type of style all the time. But it sounds like just naturally because you're so picture oriented in your head and look for all those different ideas, that actually explains why you're in the business that you are. Well, and that's what, yeah, that's why I called it a curse, too, because it really, (laughs) sometimes I feel like it is a curse to have that burden of seeing visually something, because once in a while I meet someone who also has that ability, and our pictures are different, and, you know, that can be a problem, but I can always change my picture to theirs, but they have to be able to tell me what their picture is. Most people Yeah, they have to put words to it, right? Correct, yeah. Most people cannot do that, and they don't really have the envisionment of what they want but I'm pleased to say that many times I can do that for someone and they're just blown away they're so happy because it's exactly what they were trying to tell me they wanted so it's a good thing and so rewarding when you hear that when the feedback is. is is that it, you know they that you just landed it you nailed it the exact thing that they yeah did. I love that that's all the applause I need like you know I love being an actress because you get applause and to me that's my applause in this industry <laughs> There you go. What tool do you use regularly? Now you're saying you're in an 800 square foot facility. You're doing hundreds and hundreds of these pop by gifts as well as the larger gifts. And so you've got to coordinate and organize between your customers and your workday and you go out to meetings and all of that. How in the world, what are you using to keep yourself organized and you always are so composed? How do you do this? Here's the thing. I would absolutely be lost and dead in the water, and I don't know how I ever survived before I got a smartphone, which was not until really a few years ago. But I use it daily for taking orders, creating invoices, running credit cards, taking beautiful pictures, keeping my schedule, and I even have a program that allows people to sign for their gifts on my phone. What are you using? Um, It's a Samsung Galaxy 4, actually. It's not even the most modern Samsung Galaxy phone, but it does everything I need, and it keeps me from being restricted. Like, I have a credit card processor right on it, so if I'm at an event and I happen to have a table and I'm selling products, I can just make it a one 
step sales so that I'm not going back after the fact and trying to do invoices or do billing. So it has cut my time probably more than in half by not having to load up the laptop or take it with me and start it off and have to find, you know, the connection and all of that. It's just, I don't know how I ran this business without a smartphone from the get-go. Is there one particular app or something that you're using on that phone that you think some of us might not know about that would be a good recommendation? Absolutely. One of them is called Invoice Simple. So it allows me to invoice someone right on the spot. And I can actually, if they have a, an air printer, I can just send it right to them while I'm there making the delivery. Sometimes they, they request that so they can pay me up front, which is really nice if it's a quick order or a quick turnaround. So that's been useful. And then Expensify is another one that I use to track my mileage because that's important for my CPA every year to know where I drove and what were my personal miles and my business miles. So those are two of the ones that I find are very helpful. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that. Have you read a book lately that you think our listeners could find value in? For me, the most impactful book that I've read in years is one called Simplify by Joshua Becker. And it's a celebration of living more and by earning less. So the thing is that I guess because of the business I'm in, it requires me to have all these little parts like ribbons and cello shred florals, you know, things to theme a gift and products in like 20 categories. So in some sense, I need a place where I can get white space in my life. And so simplifying everything outside of my office has been tremendously helpful to me because I just need to breathe. I need a space that is not cluttered with things around me. And I want to just enjoy my life and not be encumbered by the things around me. So that book has been very impactful. And I consider myself a baby minimalist. And it fascinates me about minimalism. I don't know what it is, but I think it just frees your soul and your heart and your brain to enjoy your life and not be surrounded by the stuff that is really just stuff. So if we were to go to your house and walk in, like are all your counters clean and all your drawers organized and well, I no said clutter I, anywhere? I said I was a baby minimalist, so everything <laughs> in baby steps, because being part of the baby baby boomer generation, we were brought up to think that you were judged, your success was judged by the things you owned. And somewhere along the way, I departed from the baby boomer philosophy and sort of more adopted the millennial philosophy of, you know, you don't need to have all that stuff. You can live simply and just have what you use every day. And so I've adopted a philosophy that if things are not beautiful or useful, they're gone. It's a process of parting with things that you think you need and really you don't. So we have a place in our house where we put things, and if we don't use it in a month, then it goes away. My husband fights me on this a lot because he would keep everything. He still buys into the baby boomer way of thinking. (laughs) So my house won't be totally decluttered because his things are there, and I don't feel it's my job to throw his stuff away. But Good point. (laughs) Personally, I have shed so much stuff in the last year that I'm already feeling lighter and brighter and of happiness. So it's a process. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I've been thinking about I look in my closet and I'm thinking, you know, some of this just has to go because I don't use it. Maybe I'm just gonna have to read this book. That's all. It's a wonderful book. (laughs) And Gift Biz listeners, just as you're listening to the podcast today, 
Sharon's book Simplify might be available on audio. I've teamed up with Audible and you can get an audio book for free. All you need to do is go to giftbizbook.com and make a selection and maybe it will just be Simplify. Okay, Sharon, I would like to invite you now to Dare to Dream. I'd like to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. This is your dream or your goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift and open it in our presence. What is inside your box? Wow, that's a tough one, but inside my gift, is air and sunlight and life work balance because I really need to start to savor each moment as they happen in my life and not be just so into the daily rigors of running my business that I'm not enjoying my life and my work. So this gift is fabulous because it gives me the things that I need to have every day to balance my life. You know, that's so great because that's why we go in business in the beginning, to be able to take command of our time and our life. And so easily we can get involved in all those little intricacies, right? Absolutely. And, and it just consumes you when you find, you know, you look at the clock and you've worked 14 hours that day. And, you know, people around you, your family, your pets, they miss you. And I find myself caught in that cycle way too often. And the older I get, I try to really find time to just decompress from the business because it will consume you if you let it. Sure. And recognizing it is the first step to having that dream come true. Absolutely. And being a minimalist. (laughs) There you go. Minimize the business so that I can enjoy my life. So Sharon, what would be the best way? We're going to put on the show notes page all the different contacts that you've given me already before we did the interview. But if someone is just listening right now, cleaning up their closet maybe after listening (laughs) to what we had to say, what would be the best way for someone to get in touch with you if they wanted to learn more about you or possibly order a gift basket? I think that I would recommend my Facebook business page at Facebook slash Express Yourself Gifts because I'm on there daily. All of the new designs that I make get posted there right away. It's so much simpler and quick to do that daily than it is to put it up on a website or any other social media outlet. So Facebook for me is the best way and I'll respond immediately as well to people's requests. Super. That's perfect. Thank you so much, Sharon. What great information. This whole idea of Popeye gifts is huge. Huge, because the way it can stabilize your business, all of that, and really that's part of having a good, solid platform for moving forward and growing a business. So thank you so much for sharing in detail a lot of that information and everything else you've shared. I just, I know you've brought great value to our listeners and it has been absolutely fabulous having you on i wish you a light sunshiny airy day and may your candle always burn bright thank you so much for having me sue learn how to work smarter while developing and growing your business download our guide called 25 free tools to enhance your business and life It's our gift to you and available at giftbizunwrap.com slash tools. Thanks for listening and be sure to join us for the next episode. Today's show is sponsored by the Ribbon Print Company. Looking for a new income source for your gift business? Customization is more popular now than ever. 
brand your products with your logo or print a happy birthday Jessica ribbon to add to a gift right at checkout. It's all done right in your shop or craft studio in seconds. Check out the ribbonprintcompany.com for more information. After you listen to the show, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to jump over and subscribe to the show on iTunes. That way you'll automatically get the newest episodes when they go live. And thank you to those who have already left a rating and review. By subscribing, rating, and reviewing, you help to increase the visibility of Gift Biz Unwrapped. It's a great way to pay it forward to help others with their entrepreneurial journey as well. Would you like to be on the show? Or do you know someone who can provide valuable insight from their experiences? If so, we'd love to hear from you. All you need to do is submit a form for consideration. You can access the form at giftbizunwrapped.com forward slash guest. 